Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hi, hi, hi. I hope that everybody who is listening, well, and also those who aren't listening, (laughs) are doing very well. I hope you're having a great morning, day, evening. I am excited for today's question, but it is going to be a hard one (laughs) to translate to words. I feel like. So the question that came in for today, and I'm diving right into it because I know I'm going to struggle to answer it in the most succinct way as possible. So that's why we're just getting right into it. The question for today is how to come up with good research questions and then pick the methods from there. So I know in my last episode, I said, there's no question too big and no question too small. This is a big question. (laughs) So I am going to do my best. And if there are any questions that come out of this as follow-up questions to to a little bit different parts of the process, then please just let me know. And I'm, I'm happy to go into detail in different parts, but I'm going to do my best to summarize the thought process, at least that I have when creating research questions and then coming up with methods. So if you know me and some of the ways that I teach things, I like to do a combination of steps. (laughs) And for some reason, I like anywhere from four to seven steps for things. And I also like to bucket things. So I like to put things into buckets. So we are going to use both buckets and steps for this particular episode to try and simplify this in a way that is easy to understand and think through. So let's first talk through research questions, what research questions are, and how we kind of come up with these. I generally call them research statements. It's the same thing. Just doesn't have a question mark at the end. (laughs) So I call them research statements. So if I refer to them as statements or questions or both in this episode, I am meaning the same thing. Research question is an over research question or statement, whichever one you want to call it, is the overarching thing (laughs) you want to understand. Concept might be a, a more fancy word. You want to understand from your research project. So it's the why you're going in and creating the study. So what information and what do you want to be able to answer? What do you want to be able to achieve by the end of this particular study, right? And then subsequently, at least the way that I go about it, after I define my research statement slash question, I come in with research goals. And what research goals allow me to do is break up that bigger statement into more manageable and smaller chunks. And then I go ahead and choose a method from there. So that's my thought process. First, it's defining that statement slash question, looking into goals, and then going into defining a method from there. Now, 
And there, there are also potentially some things that come into play when defining a method that I will try to touch on as much as I can, like recruitment. So what kinds of participants do you have and what comfort level do they have with certain things like tech? Because that can help de you determine a potentially better method. Same with timeline and budget. So let's focus first on this research question slash statement. Again, this is the thing that you want to answer or be able to answer at the end of your project. So this is really encapsulates why you're doing this particular project. And the way that I come to these research questions is either in a reactive or proactive way. A reactive way is when a stakeholder comes to me needing something to be answered so they have a question. Their question is not necessarily the research question because it might have to be worked on in certain ways uh, to make it a bit more unbiased or more user-centric. So somebody's coming to me for in information or it might be proactive where I am recommending a study, right? So we have the reactive or proactive and both can kind of go down the same path right we can use the same process for both it just might be that in a reactive setting you might have to rely a bit more on your stakeholders and getting information from them rather than a proactive setting where you kind of see and gather the information yourself and stakeholders give you some kind of feedback on that. But with a reactive kind of research question, you're heavily reliant on understanding what your stakeholders need from you. But it's generally a very similar process. So first things first, let's start to bucket a little bit. Now, there are two main types of questions, right? This is looking at, well, technically there are three, but let's look at quantitative and qualitative, and then you have mixed methods, right? So there, we're going to start there with those three buckets of questions, quant, qual, mixed methods. So quantitative bucket is really looking at widespread attitudes, right? It's really looking at usage data, right? So data and what is happening or what people are thinking over a larger population, right? The more qual-based bucket is looking at that why side and looking more at perceptions and feelings and mental models and processes, right? So kind of the, the why people are going through these particular actions, right? And then we have mixed methods, which is combining both, right? So we start there because this helps us understand the information we are actually looking for and will then help us with forming a proper research question that helps us then form the goals, that helps us then pick the best methodology. Because if we are understanding that our stakeholders or we want to better understand this more quant-based side of information, we're not going to sit down and think about one-on-one -on -one interviews 
because that's not going to give us enough information. Of course, I will say with a caveat, one-on-one interviews could be a place to start and then you follow up with with quant, right, in a mixed method setting, but we're going to separate the two just just for right now, right? So understanding what bucket the information you need fits into can help you understand how to write this resource question, get these goals and get this method. So let's take kind of this, these two buckets and use an example to think through how they would show up in real life. So uh, what kind of company are we working at today? I always pick the same ones and I might have to do that for this unless I can think of something off the top of my head really, really nicely. Um, Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's go with reading because reading is fun and I like reading and I'm looking at a bunch of books right now. So let's say that we are working at a bookstore, right? And our bookstore is both brick and mortar. So there's a, there's an actual physical bookstore and then there's our online bookstore, right? So let's say that we are looking at the digital side and we are trying to understand what the reasons are that people are, especially local people, are buying books online versus coming into the store, right? So let's say that's kind of what's happening in our in our mind, right? So we're we're thinking, okay, you know, we want to understand these reasons because you know we're trying to promote more people coming into the store because then they browse and then they buy more. Let's just say that that's that's a thing, right? So we want to understand why people are going, like what are the reasons people are going to to our our online store versus coming in store in person, especially again, these local people that could come to the store, right? So automatically we have what are the reasons, right? So what are the main reasons? If you think about just that question right there, what are the main reasons that people are coming in? We need to ask a lot of people that question in order to get valid and reliable data, right? So if we were to sit down and just talk to 12 people and ask them what the reasons were, right, we would not be able to properly generalize that to a larger population unless we sent out a survey, okay? so. When it comes down to this, if we're asking things like what questions, you know, so what are the reasons people are buying books online versus coming to the store or how many people are doing this or, you know, really looking at what people are doing on our on our store, we're looking at that quant bucket, right? We're sat in that quant bucket right now, okay? So that dictates to us then a bit more of the methodologies that we might go to. So when your when your stakeholders come to you and I'm going to act like this is a reactive question, you can ask them things to to help get this information out of them. So what kind of information do you need? What kind of decisions are you trying to make? This is how we start to form research question. What gaps do we have in our knowledge? You know, what what do we need to know to move forward? What are we trying to accomplish with this study? what are you know what are our goals what are we hoping to achieve at the end what are we hoping to do at the end of this study right how would this information help us those are all questions that we can ask our stakeholders we can also ask ourselves those questions if we're doing more proactive research 
right, to get towards these research questions. So let's say our stakeholders are come to us. So instead of this, this like, what are the reasons why they come to us and they're saying, we need people to come to our store more often, right? Because then they browse and they buy more books and we don't have to pay for shipping costs, you know? So we need them to come to our store more often. Like how, and so they come to us with this question, how do we get them to come to our store instead of buying online? <laughs> That sounds much more like a question that I might receive from a stakeholder than this beautiful, like, what are the top reasons why? Um, So we would ask questions like the ones that I just mentioned. What information are we looking to need? What decisions are we trying to make? What are our gaps in knowledge? You know, what are we trying to get out of this? What those types of questions. And then we would come to this, hopefully, conclusion of the information that we need saying, okay, we need to understand, we want people to come to our store. They're buying online instead. So what we could say is, what are the top three reasons or what's the top reason why people are buying online rather than at our uh, coming into our store, right? So that's how we kind of go from this, this stakeholder request and we start to understand what information we're actually looking for. Because if we find out why this is like... I'm trying not to use the word why to to get us confused. If we understand the top reasons, right, we can take action on that, right? So let's say one of the top reasons are that our in-store hours are really limited for people that are working. Let's say that we're closed on Sundays and we close at 6 p.m. on weekdays and we have limited hours on Saturdays, right? So 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays and a half day on Saturdays. So people who are who are at work aren't able to come into our bookstore because they're at work, right? <laughs> so we're limiting our the capability for our audience to come in and and actually purchase books in in person. So we find that that is something that is prohibitive for people and these top reasons, and then we can start to act on that, right? So that is kind of how how we how we go from that, okay, we need this information. Okay, let's make this into a research question and then really s- stuck into that quant side. Now, the qual side, again, is looking more at that why, right? So let's say that we have stakeholders coming to us same kind of question of we need people to come in store rather than buying online because of whatever reason. So what we could do is we could ask people to do one-on-one interviews because we could say, okay, we need to better understand why people aren't coming into our store, right? So we're not, we're no longer looking at like these top reasons because maybe we don't know them already. So whenever we send out a survey, we should know the options that we're going to put in the survey and they should be previously thought of through research. So if we didn't know those reasons, we would have to talk to people to understand those reasons because the last thing that you want to do is send out a survey to a bunch of people with options that aren't applicable to them, right? Because that's a nightmare to, one, analyze, and two, it's a nightmare for your survey participants. So let's say we had no idea what these options should be. What we would then do, and this is moving a bit into mixed methods because I can't help it because a lot of research should be mixed methods. So I'm try- I-, I will try and think of a pure qualitative question in a second. But what we should do is if we don't have those options, we need to then have 
interviews with people, let's say. So we talk to people who are local, who have recently bought online and haven't come into the store. And we want to understand why they are not coming into the store, right? So with that why, we're then sat in that qualitative space. So we're in the qual bucket, right? So now we understand with qualitative research, right, we're looking more into this like one-on-one interview potential side, right? So we're looking at more like talking mechanisms, so conversation-based methods, right? We're not looking at just figuring out what, so things like surveys or things like product analytics. We're looking much more at why, and in order to figure out why, we need to talk to people, so a lot deeper into that one-on-one interview side of things. Okay, then we would follow up with a survey. (laughs) So that's mixed methods, (laughs) technically. We skipped over pure qual. Uh, The reason that we would, so we would find out the reasons why, right, from, from these interviews, then use that to populate and create a survey that we would then send out to people to verify that with a larger population. So we would send out the, what is your top reason for not coming into the store, right? And we would use the qualitative research to create the options. And then we would send that out and, and again, understand over a larger population. So that we've kind of, again, skipped over the pure qual. So if I were to try and think of a pure qualitative question, let's say that stakeholders came to us and let's take out, let's erase this whole mental model of, of digital versus in-person, right? So we just, our stakeholders come to us and they say, you know, uh, we want people to purchase, you know, more books at once, right? So we want people to do bulk orders, let's say. Uh, how do we get people to do bulk orders? So if we're trying to understand bulk orders, so ordering more than one book at a time or purchasing more than one book at a time, we would likely need to understand people's thought processes on how they choose books and what that experience looks like when they either choose one or choose multiple books, right? So why are they choosing multiple books at once? What is that process and experience like for them? So what is their mental model when that's happening? So Again, this is more on the purely qualitative side of really looking into processes and perceptions, right? So why is something happening? So I would try and change that, like how do we get people to buy more books into a more pure like qualitative research statement. So that might look something like we want to understand, you know, how people are currently buying multiple books at once and what that process is like for them, right? Uh, or we want to understand uh, why people are currently purchasing multiple books at once, again, and and how that process is for them, right? So looking at that why and how, so going into processes and whys, processes, mental models, perceptions, right? So that's going into that qualitative bucket. And then we would go into, again, in order to understand these like whys, we would go into more conversation-based methods like interviews or like one-on-one interviews, which could be anything from journey mapping or mental models, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to get as like an outcome. So, and then again, 
we had that mixed methods in the middle. So that's why I think through these like buckets as being helpful, because if we're looking at what or attitude or behavior, you know, like really looking at the what side, we're in that quant bucket and that will help indicate to us that we need a more quant based method. If we're looking into this really like why process mental model side, we're really looking into this qual bucket that indicates these more conversation based kinds of studies. And if we're looking to understand both, we're in that mixed method space where we either start with qual and then follow up with quant, as I said, understanding the reasons why people might buy online versus in person and then following up with a quant study or vice versa, right? So that's kind of how I think about research questions is to try and get them into these buckets and asking those types of questions that I had said earlier to stakeholders or to oneself to understand what the information is that we have to need or that we have to need, that we have to get. What is the information that we need for this particular study and trying to form that into an open question. I will say that there are, I have a model for qualitative research questions. So it's that same model that I just said for the qual side of we want to better understand X, you know, or Y and Y in order to do something with it. So as I said before, we want to better understand why people are buying multiple books at once and how they perceive it in order to, let's say, improve our buying experience. Right. So that's on the qual side. I don't, I'm I'm not a quant person, so I don't have a model for quant research questions. Uh to, to me, they're a bit more straightforward, you know. So what are the what is the number one reason why people don't shop on in person or why is the what is the number one reason that people shop online versus in person so i'm not as familiar with models for quant questions but that's kind of how i would shape my quant question so i'm gonna since i'm more of a quality i'm gonna dive just really quickly a little bit deeper into this qual bucket so within the qual bucket we have just for methodology sake, we have another two buckets. So we have lots of buckets. We have the generative bucket and the evaluative bucket, right? So generative research is looking at generating an understanding of somebody and not really having any basis for what who they are or what they're doing or whatever concept you're trying to understand about them. Evaluative research is generally evaluating an idea, a concept, a prototype, right? So it's evaluating something and how that something works when put in front of a person. So when we come back to that qual bucket and then what I just suggested as a research question, so understanding why people are buying multiple books at once and and how that process is for them, we are looking much more in that generative space. So we're trying to generate an understanding of why people are doing this and how they're doing it, right? And how they perceive it. So what their process is and and why that's happening. So that's a very generative kind of methodology, which again, looks at big like conversation-based information. So again, primarily one-on-one interviews, but you could also do diary studies. You could also do contextual inquiry, right? So it's really looking at the why and generating that understanding. So these are the more like open-ended questions. On the other side, right, we have the evaluative. Okay. And so this is looking at 
Again, evaluating a, a concept, an idea, a prototype, a product, and how that product or stimulus works in front of a person, how that person's interacting with it, how, how they're responding to it, their perceptions of it, right? And so this is really looking into that preconceived thing that stimulus and how people are are interacting and reacting to it, which means that we're looking at something that already exists, no matter what fidelity that stimulus is in, and we're we're just simply evaluating that interaction and reaction, right? So that then goes towards more things like concept testing, usability testing, content testing. So it's really looking at what what depth or what kind of information you're looking for when it comes to that qualitative side? Is it more of generating an understanding or is it more of evaluating something that exists regardless of the fidelity, right? So that's how I then break within the qualitative bucket. That's how I break those two things down. So is it in the generative bucket or the evaluative bucket? Because again, generative is looking a lot more at conversations, so one-on-one interviews, while the evaluative side is looking much more at stuff like usability testing, concept testing, content. You could go a step further in the evaluative side and look into things like, is it qualitative usability testing versus quantitative usability testing? So qualitative usability testing is generally on lower fidelity concepts and stimulus, right? So something that's pretty low fidelity and you're trying to get qualitative feedback on it, right? You're trying to understand how, how are people perceiving and reacting this, this concept, this idea versus quantitative usability testing where you're really evaluating, can people use this? Like, or I'm sorry, how usable is this, right? So it's, it's diving deeper into tasks and task analysis. So you can go that one step further, right? But Ultimately speaking, in terms of creating research questions and understanding with which methods you're trying to use, I would ask your stakeholders, especially if you're doing more reactive research or ask yourself on the proactive side, you know, that list of questions, what are you trying to understand? What information do you need? What decisions are you trying to make? What are you what what do you what are you trying to achieve by the by the end of this? particular study and what information do you need to get to that, right? And then using that to determine, okay, are we in the quant side, the qual side, right? And if we're in the qual, are we in the generative or the evaluative side, right? And then if we're in the evaluative, are we looking back at, it's almost like full circle, are we looking at qualitative evaluative or quantitative evaluative? And that will help you with understanding which method is best. There are a few things that can impact your method choice that I talked about, like budget, timeline, uh, recruitment. Those are all things that I will probably have to talk about in a separate episode because we're coming up to the end of our time. So if you have specific questions about that, then let me know. But for budget and timeline, usually we're looking at unmoderated versus moderated, right? So unmoderated tests being easier, faster, and less costly than moderated tests. And if you're forced to do an unmoderated test, really thinking about what you can, what methodology would work for you with an unmoderated test, depending on what information you need. Happy to talk about that in a separate episode. 
But really what I want you to consider doing is going through, getting that information from your stakeholders and going through this process of understanding which buckets you are in, because that will just narrow, narrow, narrow down the scope of what kind of methodology you can be using to get that information. As I said, this was a really hard topic to put into a 30-minute episode (laughs) or any episode. I could talk about this for hours probably and still not reach the conclusion 100% that I would want to. But please let me know if there are any follow-up questions for this because it is it is a tough one. It's a big question. So if there's anything more specific that you want me to go into, I'm happy to. Um, and again, thank you so much for the question. I always like playing around with more tough things and I really appreciate it and can't wait to talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.